what are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up some of your power? Mm, that's interesting. Because it's easy to be, it's easy to, to, to say that you're against, you know, racism and to empathize and sympathize and hug me if I've had a terrible racist experience and tell me you're going to pray for me and do inner healing with me and everything else that, you know, we get into. But are you willing to give up your seat for me? That's deep. <laughs> Those are the questions. Mm. Are you willing to sacrifice some of your benefits that you get from being in a position of privilege? Right. This is Common Era, a podcast about spirituality in an age of change. From Labora Press, I'm Chris Donald, and this podcast is brought to you by The Passionists, a monastic community in the UK dedicating their lives to social justice and solidarity as an extension of their faith. This is our second season and we're hosting a conversation between Anne-Marie Lewis, a leading business youth and justice consultant, and Matt Sadiso, a composer, songwriter and podcaster with a background in human rights law. In the New Testament of the Bible, the church is often referred to as a body. In this episode, Anne-Marie and Matsudiso draw on this language to consider the lack of action on racism from the church in the UK, explaining why we should expect the church to look different from other institutions. They discuss why this is so important specifically in a white majority country like the UK, the radical ideas that are open to us to take, and why the love of God is so necessary to achieve change. At the centre of this is power. Will we live to see a church and followers of Jesus prepared to give up comfort and power to address the sins of the past? I mean, let, let's sort of move to sort of the church and racism. Mm. I'm going to bring out another book that I like because <laughs> this is an excellent book. <laughs> it's called The Interest, the, the, How the British Establishment Resisted the Abolition of Slavery mm. by Dr. Michael Taylor. It's an excellent, excellent book. Um, he started actually um, talking about, well, he was studying um, evangelical approaches to slavery because what yeah. you realise, and the reason I'm going back again, is because the church, we, I think we, the church needs to look at how much it has played a role for sure in racism for and sure. racist ideology. Let's call it racist yeah. ideology. So... Britain at the time is a Christian country. People use the Bible to support slavery. They mm -hmm. use the Bible to support abolition. Mm. Um, freed slaves use the Bible. Well, they wouldn't have been freed there. They would have been slaves that were on the plantation, but they, you know, they'd come to know uh, mm. Christ, used the Bible as well to mm. sort of say, God has made us in the Im image of God and mm. we allow are allowed to be free. Mm. But all these different entities are all using the Bible to serve their ends. Yeah. And I think what I notice, I, I kind of, I, I say that although it started there mm. to bring it into this modern space and what happened last year with George Floyd mm. and how the church responded or lack of response. Well, and that's it. And that and that's <laughs> yeah. it. And 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 I think why why it, it is important for the church to respond in mm. these situations. Yeah. Um I I kind of wanted us to look at Britain because this is where we are. I yeah. know it happened in the states, but it definitely was like a powder keg all over the mm. world. Why do you think the church I personally think has done a really poor job at talking about this. 
Mm. Um, I don't know if they're afraid to talk about it. I don't know if it makes us uncomfortable. I don't know what the thing is. Mm. But why do you think we haven't talked about it? Especially as I, the, the reality is the mm. archetypes, the architects of slavery mm. use the Bible the mm. architects of apartheid in South Africa, mm. South Africa use the Bible. This mm. is how they used it. You know, we know it's not, we know that that's not what God intended, no. but people absolutely use the Bible to justify yeah. all of these things. That's how they create. They said, you mm. know, um, black people are the sons of Ham, mm. like, you know, Noah, all of these things. Mm. So, okay. So back to why do you think the church in this country, because this mm. is where we are, hasn't dealt with it, isn't dealing with it, doesn't want to deal with it. Why, why do you think? Gosh, there are so many reasons why I think. Um, if you benefit, mm-hmm. it's easy to then stay quiet okay. and to deny. Okay. And um, particularly when you still benefit. <laughs> okay. How, how? Okay, so, I'm going to stick a pin in that. Okay. Because there are many people that I know that would say... I don't think that's the case. So how do, if you say, if you still benefit, give me an example of how people are still benefiting. Well, you only need to look at the difference of wealth okay. between the uh, predominantly white-led churches in this country particularly, not talking about um, other countries, and the predominantly uh, non-white-led churches. Okay. Um, ease of access, buildings. Okay. Um, ease of being able to get bank accounts and set up charities, uh, ease of being able to have uh, trading, shops, laws. You know, you only have to look at the disparity of how how many non-people of colour mm-hmm. are in prominent leadership positions within the church, visibly. Yeah. People always quote the one Anglican black female bishop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's one of the only people there, you know? And that's always almost, it's almost that thing of, well, if there is one or if there is two, then, you know, we've kind of hit some kind of quota. So therefore, that means we don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so the predominantly white-led churches benefit economically, um, financially, leadership, authority, a multitude of different ways. Um and even within, you know, I've, I've worked with, you know, white-led churches, lots of different churches, you know, and, I, and I've predominantly challenged many around how do they welcome people um, of different faiths? They will argue that, you know, we're very welcoming, we're very open, we're all of these things, which, you know, I don't want to demonise, you know, white-led church because predominantly, you know, individuals, absolutely beautiful, beautiful Mm. hearts, beautiful spirits. However, it's the lack of awareness that when I come through the doors and I see nobody in your leadership and you're the church, you're supposed to reflect the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. So I can understand in, you know, not accept, but I can understand in worldly institutions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why things may be whatever. But in the church, I expect it to be different. You should look different Mm -hmm. to the world. Mm -hmm. So when I come in and see the exact same models, structures and behaviours, in the church, mm. when I come in and you then tell me to conform and I must change my kind of way of worship to yours, you are reinforcing these racial stereotypes mm-hmm. that says this Western way is superior. Mm-hmm. When you when I come in and everything has to be in your language, every and you know, and I get all of the different arguments that people will come with that, but however, there is something around the 
the church's way and the church's approach mm -hmm. that should be different to mm -hmm. the world's approach. Mm -hmm. I would also say people are, are bombarded with things that are important. When you're in a church mm -hmm. setting, yeah. there are so many competing importances. Yeah. So in, in a nation where, I don't know, how much, do we make up 13% of, I think black people make up 13%? They make up 13% in London. In London. So yeah. how much, I, I don't know I, how I much I think it's actually only 3% or so in around that region across the whole of right. the UK. So it's a small number, you know, it's below 20%, right? Yeah. And they would say, look, you know, this is, this is a predominantly white country. Mm. Um, why should racism matter to us of course we think george floyd murder was terrible mm. we all think that's terrible but why should mm. addressing this why should we make this a priority mm. in the midst of all the multiple priorities mm. do, do you see what i'm saying gosh there's so many there's so many ways to answer that question yeah. why should it be important if we think in proverbs basically 31 verse 8 to 9 it basically says and this is paraphrasing and it's paraphrasing based on the bible project that says basically open your mouth and speak for those who cannot speak for themselves yes Open your mouth and judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. Mm -hmm. You go back into Jeremiah, it talks about for, for those in positions of authority who govern or who are leaders or who, even if, you're, if you don't think you're in a position of authority, as in by position, by, as I said, being that you are the dominant ethnic group, yes, yes. then you are going to benefit and be in a place of privilege mm -hmm. and a place of power over underserved mm -hmm. minoritized groups so from those the people in those positions in jeremiah it talks about bring about justice and righteousness rescue the disadvantaged mm -hmm. don't tolerate oppression or violence against the immigrant the orphan the widow it talks about and then it talks about actively deliver those who are oppressed out of the hand of the oppressor. Mm. These are actual laws as a Christian. These are, these are direct commands that the Lord has placed and said, this is my expectation of you. Mm. It says, um, do no wrong, no violence to the immigrant, mm. the fatherless, the stranger amongst you, nor the widow, neither shed innocent blood in this place. Mm -hmm. And then from God's standpoint, in Psalm 146, they talk about the God who made heaven and earth, the sea, all therein. He who's the keeper of all truth. He executes judgment for the oppressed. He upholds like the, the, the complaints of the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord loose the prisoners, opens the eyes of the blind, raise them who are bowed down, depressed, loosed. The Lord loveth righteousness. The present, the Lord preserves the immigrant, the stranger. He relieves the father. So to be honest, and that, and then you take that into the New Testament, we, you know, of John talks about it, Jesus talks about it. He says, you know, that, you know, your, your, your duty, <laughs> I'm so passionate about this, your duty mm -hmm. as somebody who is a follower and a believer of Christ and a believer of God is not just to, um, it's not just to disagree with racism, mm -hmm, but it's mm -hmm. to actively oppose right, it right, and right, to right. actively set those who are oppressed free. Right. It's your actual duty. <laughs> right, 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 so that's right, right. the fundamental reason okay. in my mind, if mm -hmm. for no other. And that is not even touching on moral, um, legal, mm -hmm. you know, humane, decency. There's a, a myriad. But if you want to bring it down to the core, mm -hmm. it's your duty. Yeah. It's what you were placed here to do it is a command on all of us mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know 
and and my argument often has been many churches have done amazing things you know uh i say amazing things maybe amazing things in their mind people argue differently but many you know we've gone on missionaries we you know many predominantly white churches or white-led churches have you know set up lots of orphanages in africa you've gone over to africa to deal with the needy the poor in your mind is what you see there and you know bringing all of these things to bring children and you know you you want to give shoes and all of those things so you feel the need to do that mm-hmm. in somewhere in my mind that you know you feel is very safe mm-hmm. it, it seems righteous it seems the right thing but in your own backyard mm-hmm. you have nothing to say Mm-hmm. on the oppression of those who is your neighbor mm-hmm. your next door neighbor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those who you work with those who come church with you you know it, it doesn't make sense that that doesn't add up mm-hmm. um and the other side of it is that i think over in this country we are very covert about the way you know not only that we talk about racism but the way that racism is handled so people will you know revert to laws and think that we've got equal rights laws and we have this and we have that and we have the other um and you know they because we don't have guns over here we don't see yeah. the violence and the oppressions we 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 look to the George Floyds that you know circulated around the world obviously everyone knows the the horror of what happened there mm-hmm. but what they didn't know is that at the same time mm-hmm. there was a young man over here who was murdered mm-hmm. by the um police mm-hmm. and it had been going and his trial was happening at the same time mm-hmm. not one person in mm-hmm. this country mm-hmm. talked about that mm-hmm. and the police officer was convicted and he was sentenced to jail mm-hmm. so there's lots of things that happen right here in this country mm-hmm. but the overtness the the lack of media attention the, the, the covertness sorry the covertness yeah. the lack of media attention the the lack of a you know of a, of of a real heart compassion what you know it's easy to be ignorant it's easy to stand behind not knowing and the other thing that really i guess i'm challenged when it comes to this area is that you often find that this is converse, these conversations are for example with people of color exactly and and we are trying to get into the mind of why people of non color don't do these things mm-hmm. and i and i guess it goes back to that you know discussion about having the other side of the story i want to see church leaders and and people mm-hmm. and christians of non color mm-hmm. answer the same questions why don't you stand up for racism why don't you think it's important mm-hmm. instead of me trying to get inside your mind and trying to under why don't you explain mm-hmm. how do you rationalize and justify mm-hmm. your lack of seeing this as important or how do you prioritize other things over this what taught me through your process mm, 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 and then we might get a more yeah, you know yeah, yeah. richer or deeper understanding or people might start to confront and have to deal with some very hard you know very uncomfortable yeah, yeah. questions to themselves mm-hmm. that says what is this about why don't yeah. i actually why don't i want to get into that space what am i fearful of mm-hmm. and i it's, it's all very very good i think there's also i mean i like to keep things very simple i think it's just also about humility mm. yeah you know yeah sometimes we just have to be humble you know yes. and 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 sometimes the 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 humility allows god to 
tell us things that we find very hard to hear. Yeah. And listening to you talk just reminded me, you know, how Jesus says that, you know, if you give somebody even a glass of water, you're doing it unto me. And you know how he says in Matthew, you know, you didn't visit me in hospital, you didn't clothe me. And they're like, well, but you weren't there. And he's like, yes, I was there. Anything you do to the least, you're doing to me. And the perfect example is Paul when he's, you know, persecuting all these Christians and he meets Jesus on the Damascus road. Mm. And what does Jesus say to him? Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He doesn't say Mm. those people. And I think we have to understand that, you know, it's back to what you say. We all are made Mm. in the image of God. There is not a single thing that has been made, a single person that hasn't been made, that hasn't been made by God. That means that they are made in the image of God. We just have to remember to keep it simple. Mm. We are part of a body, whether we like it or not. (laughs) Whether you don't like me or not, you don't Mm. really have a choice of whether I'm part of the body or not, right? Yeah. It says if one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. And I think this is the thing about some self-reflection or allowing God to speak to us because it's, Mm. you know, him to challenge us. Mm. Is we have to, we, I think some, I don't want to speak for white people because I don't know. Yeah. But if you are benefit, you think you are benefiting from something. It's the same with like, I guess, women's liberation, right? Men thought they were fine with women just not doing anything. But the reality is you are also suffering if there's a whole bunch of people that aren't yeah. able to fulfill the fullness of who God has said they are. Yeah. And I just think uh, we have to sort of s- allow God to cause us to see outside of the things we've bought into. Yeah. And we bought into a lot of lies, so much that we don't even, I mean, isn't that what deception is? You don't mm-hmm. know you're deceived until you're no longer deceived. Yeah. And I think if we were just... This thing of humility yes, and going, you know what? Okay, God, maybe I don't think I have a race issue here. Yeah, I'm not da-da-da-da, I'm not racist, blah, 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 whatever the things are. Yeah, My church, maybe, we, you know, we have a diverse body, whatever. Mm. But if we would just allow God to talk to us, maybe we'd find out something else. It's that, it's that self-reflection in that, that almost asking yourself the hard question of, if, if you were to really do justice, mm-hmm. what are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up some of your power? Mm, that's interesting. Because it's easy to be, it's easy to, to, to say that you're against, you know, racism and to empathize and sympathize mm-hmm. and hug me if I've had a terrible racist experience and tell me mm-hmm. you're going to pray for me and do inner healing with me and everything mm-hmm. else that, you know, we get into. But are you willing to give up your seat for me? That's deep. Those are the questions. Are you willing to sacrifice some of your benefits that you get from being in a position of privilege? And and when I I use the term privilege loosely because I believe I am privileged. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe many people of colour are privileged. We have different privileges and we have, you know, different ways. But but when you're in terms of this particular context, when you're in that position of power, when you're in that position of, I benefit from being part of the dominant group. Mm -hmm. Am I willing to step away from that? Yeah. Am I willing to be ostracized by, you know, am I willing to to step away from my dominant group to fight for somebody of a different group where I might not even be accepted in that new group and then I'm ostracized from, you know, all of those things start to come up and it touches on the Cole, back to Cole Rittenhouse, in that he did not shoot and kill black people. Mm. 
he ended up shooting and killing white people, white people mm. who were protesting on the wrongness mm. of and treatment of black people. Mm. You know? Mm. And that's they're standing up and protesting cost them their life. Yes. Yeah, and it goes back to those questions, you know? I want to fight, I want to do this, but am I willing to give up my privileges, my benefits? And it reminded me of um I can't remember the lady that does the blue-eyed, blue-eyed yeah, the teacher. I can the, see her face. The yeah. teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one of the things she did in one of her, her meetings with um I think I'm not sure if it was teachers or or a group of leaders anyway, and she um she challenged them on this notion of, you know, um uh, of the of the white people in her audience who were saying, I'm not racist. And she said, okay, you, you, you say you're not racist. You say that you love all people. You say that, you know, you've had all of these experiences, fine. She said, I want you to put your hand up or stand up if any of you would exchange places with a black person. <laughs> and nobody did. Not one. <laughs> not yeah. one person. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. she said, so don't sit there and say you don't see it. It's not you, yes. you don't know it, you're not That's aware. Good. That's good. Because not one of you were willing mm. to trade. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you can ask other people in people groups, would you be willing to trade? Yes, <laughs> they're going to say, what, to get those privileges and benefits? Yes. Of course. That's good, that's good. And the one last thing I'd say on this, certainly from my perspective, and it was something that God spoke to me about, was um, because you come from that place of having oppressed somebody, mm. your fears is that they are going to do yes, to you that's true. what that's, you've done yeah, unto that's them. That's correct, that's correct. Even if you are not someone who was, you know, racist and actively oppressing somebody. So my thing is, if you if you have those fears and we have those thoughts in society, how do we heal both sides mm. so that this side does not rise up to be the oppressor, having been mm-hmm. oppressed, mm-hmm. and this side is willing to give up some of their power mm-hmm, because they mm-hmm. don't fear becoming the oppressed. Yes. You have to hear both sides. Mm. You have to talk about both sides mm. because as long as you only hear it from this, you will never change the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the power and the iniquity and you will never start to share, you know, some of those things. Mm, that's so good. And I think, I think this is why coming back to, you know, Jesus, it's why we need God. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because none of this stuff can be yeah. done without you know people moving in forgiveness people moving in repentance all of these things this is not these these aren't things that we can do of ourselves you know what does it say it takes god to love god right, right. and it takes god's love to love each other and and so but if we are prepared to I mean, I keep thinking, it's kind of back to where we started when I was mm. talking about what Jesus commands. It's not also, we have to talk mm. about the fact that when Jesus says certain things, mm. they're not suggestions. No, exactly. It's not if you feel like loving somebody, love them. He's like, love each other. That's what he says. And he doesn't say, you know, love each other when somebody's kind to you. He exactly. says, love your enemy. That's what he says. Exactly. And I think when we, I keep being reminded of um in revelations when there's the the, the 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 image john sees all these people around the throne and it says every nation mm. every tribe yes. every tongue yeah. worshiping it doesn't say the white people the chinese people <laughs> the indians the blacks the some at the back some of the, it says every mm. tribe nation and that's where we're walking working towards right mm. and 
it is in our interest, yeah. especially if we are called as believers, yeah. come kingdom of heaven come, isn't it? Yeah. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. Kingdom of heaven come, will yeah. of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are yeah. trying to draw the reality of heaven yeah. into this now, yeah. right? So it is in our interest because heaven doesn't look like a bunch of no. different people sitting over there, you know, white people, as I said, mm. all these sort of different groups yeah. of people. It's a human beings all yeah. worshipping the Lord, acknowledging that he is yeah. God. And the quicker we get this done, the quicker a lot of things would shift. Because I yeah. personally think there are things that are being held up. There are certain things in society that are being mm. held up. There are certain things our growth as a body that are being held up because we are mm. refusing or resisting yep. a, dealing with things that God is asking us to deal with. It's not yeah. just, I'm telling you to deal with yeah. it. God is saying, deal with this stuff. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? And just to, to, to jump in there. So it's in the, pe the interest of the church because God judges the church first and foremost. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't come to judge the world. He's like, I, I'm coming to judge you. Yeah as my people in what you did or didn't do. It was done in his name. The damage was done in his name. Yeah. So it's only going to be in his name that we can rectify That's it. Deep. That's, you deep. Know? That's deep. That's deep. That's <laughs> deep. I want to yeah. almost just end on that. I want you to say it one more time because I think it's extremely powerful because at the end of the day, the Bible calls us ambassadors, right? Mm -hmm. We are here to represent him. So that when Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. So mm. it should be that when people see us, they see Jesus, right? Mm. And for us to have some kind of legitimacy in the world we're in, we're told to preach the gospel. People are meant to mm. look at you and I and the people around us and say, oh, this is what Jesus looks like, mm. right? And you said that last thing that you said, that it's just so powerful. Would you say it again? So the damage was done in his name. Mm. So it's going to take and be in his name to undo. Selah. Common Era is produced by Labora Press, an independent publisher run by the Catholic monastic order known as the Passionists. To find out more about either of those, you can go to labora.press or passionists.org.uk. Join us for our next episode where Matsudiso and Anne-Marie put the very concept of crime and punishment under scrutiny. Does our understanding of criminality view offenders truly as human beings made in the image of God? And if not, how can this change?